Okay, people, this week's Echo Chamber is a two-parter, and, hey, we are moving away from all the crazy. We're getting straight to our interviews, people. This week, we've got a couple of great interviews for you, and we will be starting off with a new Shutter film, right, right? And we are throwing down with the director as well. So, hey, people, are you ready to get popping with that good stuff? Well, let's go. Okay, people. So, as promised, we've got a Shudder original for you. So, let's get it popping with The Sea. Okay, people, so we have another new Shudder original, and it's called The Seed. It's, it's a little different, right? It, well, when I say it's a little different, it's a little different take on an old-school kind of horror sci-fi concept, which is Invasion. Yes. So it is written and directed by Sam Walker. Okay, and it is produced by Chris Hardman, Matt Hookings, James Norrie, and Paul Parker. It's executive produced by Peter Dutton, Peter Hampton, Chris, sorry, uh, John Jennox, Jamie Jessup, Nina Kakuri, Michael Lee. Norman Merry, Joe Simpson, Paul Singh, Simon Williams, and Kathleen Debinikat, who line produces. Music is from Lucrea Dort. Cinematography is handled by Ben Branham Zizab. It's edited by Barry Mune. Um, production design is Dave Arrowsmith. Art direction is John Bamforp. And costume design is Francisco Rodriguez Well. Okay, so the... Oh, our cast. Okay, so we have Heather, she, whose dad owns the house. Right, Heather is played by Sophie... Vaveso. Um, then there is this social media star, Deirdre, played by Lucy Martin. And then there's Charles, who's played by Chelsea Edge. Her actual name is Charlotte. And as I said, I've never heard Charlotte abbreviated to Childs. That I thought that was interesting. I mean interesting to a point right <laughs> so we've got brett who is played by jamie whitboard um edna who's played by shirley pisani and then the cowboy sheriffy dude who's played by anthony edbridge so the gist of the story is this Lifelong, bleh, lifelong friends, Deirdre, 
Heather and Charlotte are finally getting some time away together, using the upcoming meteor shower to gather more followers for their social media channels. Well, I mean, technically, I only, you know, I mean, Deirdre and uh, Heather social media channels. Um, yes. But what starts out as a girl's getaway in the Majav desert descends into a battle for survival with the arrival of an invasion, invasive alien force whose air of mystery soon proves to be alluring and irresistible to them. Before long, the situation devolves into a battle to the death where the stakes have galaxy-wide implications. Woo! How about that one, people? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we start off with the girls, right? They, they, they've arrived at this big-ass house. Big-ass house. And... Old Evers is like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just my dad's house. It's nothing really, you know. So it's just like, yo, <laughs> the way the other half live, right? But she's got a, ooh, like, mindfulness social media channel, I feel. It, it's not really mentioned that much. The, the main person whose social is kind of talked about is Deirdre, because she's like, she's I'm a model, yeah, load of followers, and she's all about, uh, I'm going to live stream this, I'm going to do a photo shoot, I want to capture, I'm going to live stream us watching a meteor, all of that kind of thing, all right, so that's the main kind of focus, and then there's old Charlotte, who has got an older phone, right, so she doesn't have the app, and all of that on there. She's not on social media. She just enjoys reading. She's got a full-time job, right? So completely different to the others. Now, they all went to school together, but Charlotte and Heather are the two that are they're the closest, right? They're the best friends. Um, you Like Deirdre and Heather seem to be good friends, but Charlotte's a bit on the outskirts, as it were, just because she probably don't live that life, you know what I mean? So we had them, and then this meteorite strike comes. So they're watching it. The phones are now long, no longer work, so there's all of this. But there's something different about these meteors. And one crashes into the pool. Right, and that's where the story kind of really unfolds because it's just like this whole what the fuck is going on, you know? What I mean, this is, everything's going crazy. Um, and it is, it's interesting in the way they kind of cover it, right? Because as I said, look, we, we've seen these invasion movies before where it's just like people running for their lives and, you know, trying to avoid these things and kill them and just do all of this stuff, right? But this is more, 
it's more on the kind of psychological slow drip kind of way because we don't really see a lot at first right and then as things kind of unfold from there our first indication of something maybe a being awry is a kiss right is a kiss and you something weird is going on but you, there's nothing overt to put your finger on it right and that's a little odd but then as time like there's these weird dreams and sleepless sleeplessness right and some of the attitudes. Now, some people's attitudes are already a little bit stink, right? But they seem to amplify, seem to get worse, which is a thing. And we then get these very trippy sequences, right? These very trippy sequences. And you wonder within those, Right? Is this actually happen? Is this a dream state? Is this a psychological kind of mind fuck? What is going on? But it's just the way everything is like in this dark and then just the certain things are lit and it's just like, oh, it's trippy as fuck. It's real trippy. So you're kind of wondering like, oh, what's the extent of this? What's happening? Then you have thoughts of some other kind of invasion traits, you know, body snatching and just all this kind of stuff. And you, you, you're kind of, oh, you're gripped. You're wondering how all of this is going to unfold. So Walker does a really good job, I feel, of giving you that suspense, right? Because as I said, it's not action-packed, but it's kind of that look at social behavior. You know what I mean? Like the way we treat people, you know? that's That seems to be a big thing. The way we treat people and um, the way we kind of carry ourselves, you know, the views on society, right? The views on looking after those weaker than ourselves, right, which, who knows, right, that could be the thing, that could be the thing that, yeah, makes a difference, but it kind of shows us all of this, and then at the end, the end, the the end, see, there's a thing at the end with our, uh, our cowboy sheriffy dude, which you're gonna kind of like, what's wrong with you son what the fuck happened like you have binoculars are you an asshole (laughs) you know you're just like yo dude my man what are you doing right but oh then it gets even crazy it gets even crazier and i i love the thing at the end of the you know, just a, just a little kind of, because, yeah, like, when they see this initial meteor strike, 
right? There's a there's a lot of implications, and then the end kind of just does a thing. So it's just this intriguing look at things, right? And, and we see films like A Quiet Place, which, you know, that itself did something a little different with the kind of trope, right? You know, um, Blind Bird Box, that's it, Blind. I wasn't thinking Blind Eye? No, Bird Box, right? That was, again, that was a little something different. So it's always interesting when we get these films that want to kind of bring this new lens, you know, to... um to a genre, right, and, you know, I, I, I think, um, what am I saying, I'm saying, uh, like, social media, right, that's, we've seen that, right, played, played that with um, certain films, right, I believe, um, gosh, what was it now, it was another Shudder, so I think it was um, Shook, right? If, if I remember correctly, I believe Shook had um, that one followed the, the, the social media stars um, doing their craziness. And then it all went, all went a little wrong, right? All went a little wrong as it were. <laughs> Or maybe it was lucky, right? Nancy, I don't think it was lucky. I do believe it was shook. Um, but people, you know, hey, just just check the reviews. And check the reviews. And if you've been doing what I've been telling you, you will have shudder. So you can just flick through, right? You can flick through because, boy, either film was very good, you know? So, um, yeah, but, you know, that gave us this, and it's, it's interesting, it's interesting the, the way they kind of play it up, because it's slightly different, you know what I mean, it, it, it in itself is slightly different to what we've seen in other films, so, hey, I enjoyed The Seed, right, I, I, I did, um, yeah, I, I like the way they kind of hooked you. I like the way they hooked you, people. So, as as mentioned, it's a Shudder original. So, yeah, people, if you've got the platform, and, you know, you know, right? We've been covering this Shudder shit for a while, right? So, you know all the great things that are on there. You know what I mean? So, hey... You can enjoy all of those things. So, yeah, go check it out. Go check it out because, you know, there is plenty to keep you hooked. And, um, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy, you know, what the, what the seed be sowing. <laughs> yeah, people, I said it. I know. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And um, yeah, I think Walker does a great job. And our cast as well. Because there's these manic sequences, 
right? There are these manic kind of sequences. And um, yeah, Lucy, you know, Lucy um, Martin, Sophie uh, Vasva, they do a great job of just, yeah, <laughs> giving off these crazy ass performances. And then Chelsea, she has to, um, she has to play it in a way where she's like, in this thing, but then she's slightly aloof, right, slightly aloof, she's got more of a caring nature, right, but it has to be balanced, right, it can't be too over the top, right, and yeah, they, they, they really, I thought they really handled it well, so people, the seed is out now, on Shudder, go Check it out. Okay, so you heard about the seed. Now let's get it popping with the director, the writer, Sam Walker. Where are you, Kevin? Oh, London. Uh, nice, very nice. Okay, people, so I have got Sam Walker here, the writer and director of the seed the new shadow joint sam thank you for uh, stopping by i appreciate that no worries Yo, what i thought was really interesting about the seed was it seemed like this different take on an invasion film as it were like where did this idea come to you man uh where did the idea come from uh i was um i was, I was building a, a cabin in the desert in america and I started uh, realizing that it was <laughs> it was quite an interesting uh, place, really, just in terms of isolation. And I, I've been looking for a way of making my first film for such a long time. And obviously, when you're making a first film, budget constraints are insane. So looking for something that that could be, uh, you know, like a chamber piece, but not feel like a chamber piece. And you yeah. know, when you've got lots of uh, when you've got lots of uh, desert around you, it kind of becomes a, a malevolent force in its own right. So I started thinking about that. Thought it'd be a good location. Uh, watched uh, the man who fell to earth, the day, uh, the Nick Wogue film, love Nick Wogue. Hmm. And, um, watched the the trippy sex scene with uh, David Bowie in that, and I was just like, wow, it's so mental, it's just so crazy, <laughs> with trampolines and milk. And I, I just wanted to, uh, that kind of got in my head as a really unusual imagining of alien coitus, I guess. And then there's a painter called Amber Wellman, who's whose whose work had like these sort of morphing forms. And I, um, I've been doing a bit of painting myself, weirdly, and uh, just to keep the creative juices flowing because it's so hard to get a film made. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, Amber Wellman stuff. And I was like, wow, it's just these weird forms and like a cat watching. So I had this idea of some, so those sort of pieces kind of came together in my head. And at the same time, I guess, like a, like a lot of people in the world right now, we're <laughs> getting increasingly concerned about social media and how it affects our brains, you know? Um, I was I was feeling like it kind of had a biological it, it kind of has a biological element to it as well in the way that it kind of affects psychology and I guess all these things kind of collided and then I ended up kind of sitting down to write the thing which I did quite quickly <laughs> and um, yeah then made it in Malta madness and so once these ideas came to you like 
because like we don't really see any overt actions like mm. from our thing you know what i mean so like a lot of the stuff it isn't vocalized like did you think to yourself like how did that come to be like were you like oh let's do it like this or was it in the editing the shooting that you thought no it will work better it'll be more powerful if we show these things in this way you mean like the creature yeah yeah, the creature, I mean, again, it's like a budgetary thing. I mean, there's no money. We had no money. So it's like, how do you do a monster but that you can't have it get up and walk about? Um, and then at the same time, I guess in the back of my head, I was thinking about how when technology sort of and social media and the internet and all these things kind of came into our lives that they seemed quite benign and everyone was a bit disinterested in them. And also, I suppose the uh, technologists in uh, San Francisco were sort of the generation after the hippies, and they had kind of utopian visions for like the internet, like this free stream of information that would, you know, break the kind of control of media. <laughs> so mm. utopian ideals that have, you know, ended up becoming. frozen uh, hey it was an interesting point <laughs> sorry ah, no worries no worries uh, yeah we got cut off for a second there. yeah what? you you were just talking about the hippies and their utopian thought well yeah, so i guess so i guess the, the the thing is um the thing was that I felt like the creature should be quite benign in the same way that and sort of appear to be helpless initially and then have something terrible inside it. That mm. felt like a way of sort of talking about technology. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that was the sort of thinking behind it. Budgetary and then kind of, you know, it sort of made sense as well in a way that this thing didn't do much <laughs> apart from once it once it does what it does and it opens <laughs> up. <laughs> I mean, it it definitely works, I felt, right? Because you know, I, I think when we think about aliens, a lot of the time it is about, you know, more mind control or, or, or telepathy rather than vocalizing things, you know, in the way that we, we do. So just the way this alien did his thing, you know, because it does catch you off guard and you, you, you wonder what's going on. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I also, I remember thinking about, after, I mean, after the film got made, I remember seeing an interview with David Bowie, and, and he's being interviewed on, uh, I think, Channel 4 or something. And he, and someone says, oh, you know, what do you think the internet's going to be? And, you know, it's, surely it's just a tool. <laughs> surely it's just a tool. And Bowie's like, uh, no, it's an alien life form. And we've got no idea what it's going to do. And it's going to completely transform our world. It's quite interesting, you know, like a hearing Bowie, who's in Man Flood to Earth, talking about the internet like it's an alien life form. So it's weird as well because I, I've read, a, <laughs> I try not to read too many reviews because it's a bit distracting. But I read, I read a few and a couple of couple of nice ones, a couple of like <laughs> bad ones. Uh, but one of the, there was one um, by Mark Komodo that I watched the other day, and he was being really mean. <laughs> uh, and um, and I was like, ah, Mark Komodo, I remember, I remember you. He interviewed me in two thousand and two, and I think like it, it's a uh, I think people, one thing people seem to have missed a little bit is that it's a metaphor. Like, you know, the creature is the internet. It's not like they're social media people and then 
Mm. And that's it. The creature is supposed to be technology. It's supposed to be, you know, social media, this benign force that you kind of bring into your lives kind of accidentally, kind of out, almost out of compassion. And it's got something terrible in it that wants to impregnate you and destroy you. <laughs> that feels like a fairly decent metaphor for our current state of um, social media and <laughs> technology, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when you hear those, sometimes those bad reviews and people making comments and stuff like that, like what does that do to you? You know, especially like coming with your first piece, you know what I mean? Like, Early on in the career, no, I mean you know it's not. You, you, know, you kind of really, think of it as someone's really dismissive, and they they haven't got that you put like a. Me- I mean you know it's a it is a pop weird creature feature with a kind of message about social media, and the bear is kind of social media. And if people haven't spotted that the bear is social media, I can imagine that you're like, what is this shit? <laughs> so it, you know it affects you a little bit, but then you know there's a there's a really great magazine called Room Org. Uh, based in Canada, who they really got my short films, and they—that's uh, one of the reviews I read. And I was like, "Ah, oh, well, they've kind of got it." You can see the flaws in the film: first-time film, no money, pandemic, absolute nightmare. You know, like mm. so, you know, there's stuff in a, in a couple of reviews. Someone said, oh, you know, the girl said it looks like an armadillo, and it doesn't look like an armadillo." And you know, <laughs> I take—I'll take that. I'll take that on the chin. Fair enough. Uh, the creature showed up on set the day I had to film it. You know, we, I mean, I don't think people realise quite, because it looked kind of quite grand, quite, mm. um, it looks quite high budget, but we have pennies. I mean, I shot the, um, I shot the whole trip sequence and all the sort of visual effects, we didn't have any money for visual effects at the end. Well, we were very limited. I shot yeah. them in a warehouse around the corner uh, in Manor House. So I paint, I've got this warehouse for like pennies, painted the whole thing black myself, got my, my commercials crew in to finish the film. We shot the interior of the cabin in, in Tottenham. So, oh, <laughs> we really? shot yeah, yeah. So that is actually almost a miracle the film exists at all, frankly. And, you know, there's some stuff that I would change in it. There's some stuff I'm not happy with. Uh, I think if you look at my short films, you can see the potential there. But sometimes, you know, I just feel like, you know, I mean, I guess everyone's got that right to their opinion. But um, it's a, fun weird insane creature feature you know with a, in the spirit of an extra and inseminoid in society mm. but and I, I, it, it also, in the world it feels like the world needs more insane crazy just out of the box films because we're living in an out of the box world that is completely getting increasingly bizarre so yeah no, but but the thing being right i i thought that the film did a really good job of bringing this whole thing to life for you because we see these, you know, because you had the two friends like Charlie and Heather, right? And Deirdre, she's in the group, but it's like Deirdre got on more with Heather and she didn't seem to really like Charlie. And so you have that kind of friends, not friends kind of vibe. And, but it seemed that because Charlie had compassion that yeah. that was the thing that helped throughout, you know what I mean, without spoilers and whatnot, but it <laughs> seemed that that was the thing, that like her more open mindset was the was the thing that kind of got her through, as it were. But, but 
but I suppose also, and this is another thing, I, someone, someone, would, someone said that it was kind of predictable what happened in the character caricatures, but I mean, they're not. They're like, like Charlotte is the bookish kind of like character that you have in those films, the last girl type thing, but she's wrong. <laughs> like mm. her compassion is what brings the creature into the house yeah. and it kills them. And the kind of like, you know, the, all, all the kind of like narcissistic Deirdre character who would normally be, like, you know, kind of wrong one she's actually kind of right in a way she's like hmm. kill that thing <laughs> yeah, kill it. yeah, yeah. She's like, no you can't kill it and so the kind of what you would normally have i mean it's i suppose not reinventing the wheel but it, you know reversing those polarities a little bit seemed kind of fun um the cast are great as well i mean we had like one take two takes tops for every shot oh, okay. in the time frame so very impressed with how they uh were able to keep credibility and do deliver the performances they did under the pressure that they were under it yeah it was, um, how how was the casting process for this casting was well, I spent ages casting it i mean we were kind of obviously limited by budget again um i knew it was going to be uh, very tight time wise so really went for professionals um lucy was a was great from the outset um, Sophie came in sort of later. Chelsea was a bit of a, a left field casting, like she wasn't even in the casting actually. She, her, she wasn't even in the list. <laughs> she wasn't even booked to come into the audition. And I remember just going through like some old stuff that I'd seen. I was like, who's that? She, she's great. She's got a really great look and some of her reels were really compe uh, compelling. So she kind of came in accidentally. Okay. Uh, we weren't really, wasn't, she wasn't really someone that was being looked at. But uh, she came in last minute and um, just really just like everyone got sold on her quite quickly because she's a powerful actress. Um, so, yeah, and Sophie, Sophie was like, I just knew that it was going to be hell and we wouldn't have any time. So let's have someone that's really professional and, and can do it. And Sophie could, I knew Sophie would be able to do that. And she did. And they all put a bit of nuance into their characters as well. You mm. know, I suppose one of the things is being a male director, writing female parts. I'm obviously not a female, but... Um, you know, spoke to them quite a lot about what they thought of the roles. I had a female writer review the project, uh, trying to make sure that it doesn't like kind of, you know, seem just all from the male gaze. I suppose there's like bikinis in it. That was another thing someone said. Someone said, uh, seems like this director <laughs> watched the razor head and thought maybe it needs more bikinis. And I was, and I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> that, seems, that sounds great to me, you know. Not, not that you know i suppose in a way it's like part of the genre and part of the tropes isn't it as well um hmm. uh, to build that last girl sort of world i mean it's, a, it's it's supposed to be a bit of a genre film but completely unusual as well yeah but then you know if three friends went to a you know a, a summer vacation and they're doing yeah. a photo shoot they're gonna be in bikinis and, and yeah social media is all about you know selling selling yourself you know becoming a becoming a brand yourself and then selling that to all your sort of followers so it, it is you know it is kind of about that i did i did actually have a go at writing it with a male character in there as the part of deirdre and um because i thought oh god maybe it should maybe i should try and break this up but it lost the dynamic of three old friends and also then i was like uh <laughs> what am I saying here? Like you get infected by a creature and then you uh, become feminine by, by becoming pregnant. Are you saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you end up in like, you end up, you end up trying to second guess yourself with, with, you know, like gender stereotypes and, 
um, you know, are you going to offend like trans community, which you wouldn't want to do? You know, like, are you going to offend women? Are you going to offend men? What are you mm. doing? Like, you know what? I'm just going to make my best guess and, and you know, just do the best I can. <laughs> it's, it's a bit it's a funny, yeah, it's a funny one. But the, but the cast definitely added like layers to it, like, layers to the characters. Like Deirdre's got kind of got a slight tragedy to her as well. Like you get the sense that, you know, her, her relationship isn't going that well either. And, you know, she kind of like shows a bit of vulnerability and Charlotte sort of backs her up and says, you know, fuck him, you're, you're, doing, you're doing, a, doing a makeup line, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, don't know, I, I, think, I think there is complexity in there in the characters, although, it, you know, it's, it is a film of tropes, isn't it? Horror often has tropes in it and it's riffing on those. It, it felt like you gave us just enough, you know what I mean, for the film to work and to, to move on, because it's not overly long, right? So it, it's very, it's concise in what it's doing, right? So I think with, with that space, right, you don't, necessarily want to go on for ages into so what how did she grow up and blah 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 but we just got and it's how you would speak right so you would talk about things but you're not going to be like well obviously I'm doing this because of the hardship I had when I grew up and then when that happened to me you might make a quick a little quip a little comment so it, yeah. it did work in that respect I thought yeah I mean Again, we have, there are more scenes on the cutting room floor, obviously, like for the intro that have a bit more exposition of the characters' backstories. They were written in the script. But, you know, like in Malta, in blazing sunshine for like all the pre-production, day one on the shoot, heavens open, blew up all the lights, you know, like all, we've got these lights outside, blew up all the lights and you're like, oh God. So, you know, on a really tight shooting schedule, you lose a day and then you're like, yeah. ah, you end up having to shoot these scenes so fast and like compress them and condense them and you know some of them aren't quite up to scratch or we all you can't afford the visual effects for the creature there's one because in that in that in that location there's a beautiful downstairs swimming pool indoor swimming pool that we shot a scene in with they were they're giving the creature a little bath and talking yeah, yeah, yeah. And it a bit more sense couldn't afford the vfx to do it so and it kind of it didn't really you know it just didn't really work i suppose one of the things about shooting in malta as opposed to california where i mean malta's great the crews are amazing but it's very difficult to shoot a film about isolation in one of the most populated uh, countries on earth. Like literally everywhere you look, there's like a house, there's like, uh, you know, there's like, we happen to be there in bird shooting season. So we're like shooting at the end of the garden. There's a guy in the garden next door with a double babble, just trying to shoot, trying to knock off birds. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And we've got this um, operator that just come off June called Laszlo, it'd be nice. He's like, I'm not shooting this if they're shooting. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was pretty pretty nuts. I've got to say. But, um, what was yeah. the biggest challenge for you? Just enduring it, enduring the uh, eight months of work with no, you know, just just hard work. It's hard graft, really hard graft. Uh, you know, and then you, we got back. We got back from Malta, and I, I honestly like the. I suppose the the last day was really tough. Like we, the last all the desert stuff at the end that was supposed mm. to be like four four or five days we end up having to do it in like three um which is just ridiculous so you're on the malta sun you've got actresses covered in oil and flies you've got producers shouting at you like you're never going to make a movie again <laughs> you know like all the, the classics the classics 
um, careers over. And you just think, ah, just get your head down and just keep going. So we were just, that was it actually, the last, the last push of shooting the film that last day. So the sun was setting off the edge and I knew when the sun set, that was it, no more filming. Hmm. And, um, you know, we didn't, we hadn't got the egg stuff. We hadn't got, no, the tentacles hadn't been like set up properly. No one had even fixed them to the actress. So we had no idea if it was going to work. I just like stuffing stuff on. And as we were, as the sun was setting and as we were trying to get the final scene with uh, Charlotte and Deirdre, I was like shouting at the actress, like performance notes. And I had a guy on a steady cam trying to follow her. And I, was just, and I was like, I looked at it, I thought, God, what are we going to do? And I was trying in that, in those dying seconds to give myself options in the edit. So I, I knew we hadn't got the film that I'd written. Um, and it was just horrible. The pressure was horrible. Uh, and I just thought, I thought, God, let's just, you know, let's give her a bullet hole in their head because at least that'll give me an option in the cut for something else. Mm. So I just shouted, can someone shout across the desert? Can someone give me a bullet hole in the head? And this makeup artist came sprinting across. And she just blah, 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 put a bullet hole on, shoot it. It's like trying to get Chelsea to do more, like just like trying to get something that I could cobble together in the edit because I knew it was going to be <laughs> a nightmare. And then when they said, right, that's a wrap, that's a wrap. I just stood there and I thought, I just want to shoot myself. I've never hated my life more than this. Like it was literally three months with like three days off, just total abuse, exhaustion. And just, I just stood there and I was like, I just, I just feel sick. So I went and stood on the edge of the cliff and I just sat there for like about an hour just thinking, oh, we haven't got the movie. We haven't got it. We haven't shot the interior of the cabin. We've got none of the sex trips. We've got, no one's got any money left. <laughs> Have we even got the ending of the film? I don't know if the performance worked. But we ended up shooting in Tottenham, so I used my mates to finish it off. <laughs> so, you know, the, yeah, actually, that, that was awful. Well. Shooting in Tottenham was absolutely terrible, too. No, I mean, yeah. it is Tottenham. Come on. <laughs> no, I, thought, I, quite, I quite like it around here. It was more just, uh, was just more there's no money, you know, and you're like, well, how do we shoot the interior of a cabin that we shot in Malta in Tottenham? And bless him, Dave Arrowsmith, our production designer, <laughs> he got in his van with his son and drove the entire set down from Glasgow, didn't sleep, <laughs> put the set together for us. Bless him, Dave Arrowsmith. And Josh, my, my commercial DP, came in and like literally four days, didn't charge me a penny, brought his whole crew and we shot all the fish tank sequence, all the trippy stuff. We didn't have any of that. So, you know, I think that's the thing. People, you know, making films, it's, it's difficult. I suppose it's difficult for everyone, you know, at every level. What was his name? Um, was it Fincher? Fincher was talking about, I saw an interview with Dave Fincher the other day and he was saying, you know, really a director finds out what they know what they're doing when they've got like two hours left and they need to get six shots and they can only get two. And that, that ring, so I guess at every level, it's always like yeah. a pressure cooker, a pressure cooker. Which I, I, yeah. It must feel good though, right? Because you finished the film, yeah. sold it to Shudder, right? And now like, you've you've gone through all of this experience so that's on no budget so now kind of with a budget you'll be prepared for certain situations right so yeah. if you can do this now you're cool later on yeah maybe maybe yeah no i thought so i mean you know there is no doubt that it like doing a first feature film is like being thrown into just total armageddon like it you know particularly because at those budget levels, you tend to have not enough money for anything. You know, something you mm. win, something you lose, some, and that's it. And you just, you know, and everyone's trying to undermine you and like 
tell you the ideas don't work and you're ruining the film and it's not going to be any good and that their ideas are better or their mum's ideas are better and you're like just everyone shut up and you just have to fight my editor said when we were doing the, the cut and all these notes were coming in, my editor said to me look we've got 24 hours we've just got we've just got to fight and fight and fight for this edit and just we'll just keep going and we'll fight them <laughs> my editor barry moen literally i mean he was one of the real wins I, i'd keep an eye on him he's, he's gonna go places that guy um he you know you know some people just let you down some yeah. people go out that's the thing with low budget feature making as far as i can tell some people really go out of their way to like go to war with you and they will just because they care about the, the project a lot of people working features aren't really doing it for the money particularly at that level because there's no money but um you know and then some people just go out of their way to <laughs> kick your heels but um you know but then some of that works as well some of some of the stuff that you think ah god shut up leave me alone that works and some of the stuff that you think that's great doesn't work so it's it's a it is like it's just like it's just like it's just chaos and you just got to find your way through it and finishing it i suppose i feel i've got mixed feelings about it i know i could have done it better but i know that it could not be finished and i know that it could be a hell of a lot worse given what we had to work with and some of the some of the some of the components that were in play so i don't know it was interesting to read that room or interview because i was like ah you know they can't they got it they got that the, there is social media if you don't get that and if you probably think, oh, this is just dumb. Why these girls dance around in bikinis and this bear's rubbish? Looks like a razor head. <laughs> I like a razor head and bikinis. Put them together. It sounds good to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I think, yeah, next time, lessons learned. I'm sure there'll be a whole series of other problems to deal with. Of but, course. Um, there's, always gonna, there's always going to be problems and you're never going to be satisfied when you finish something. Because you always think, I could have done that better. If I had more time, I would have done this. And, but you always think that. Yeah, it's true. But you've got to have the right elements. I feel like, like my short films, I've got three short films. And when I finished them, when I got to the end of the shoots, were always difficult, you know, it's no money, <laughs> even less money. Um, but those films I'm really content with, like they, they are, there's no outside influence. That's the thing when you sort of pay for it yourself, do it yourself. You don't yeah. have to juggle other people's opinions and views. And you just, you just really need people around you that are smart, that are on the same page. That was my big lesson, I think. Work with smart people that are on the same page, that have done the work like this before and, you know, understand it. But, you know, we got the film made and, you know, all problems aside, the thing got done. It's not perfect, but it does have a weird, sexy bear in it that looks like it fell out of a razor head. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it does some of what I wanted it to do. And, it, you know, at least it exists in the world. Hey, it's a good first film, man. It is definitely a good first film. So definitely got me, it's got me motivated for the next one. I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I'm gonna get it. It's gonna really. Well, that, that's the that's a good thing, right? Because these things should be a litmus for the next one. They should help, you know, charge you up and get you thinking creativity to what you can do next. So yeah, that's it. and also some of the some of the criticisms that I've heard of the film. They're really good, you know, and I, I take some of that on board. Um, Shudder have been great. Like, the, the audience on Shudder have been like, you know, every time you get a bad review, like, oh, God, what do I even read it for? But, um, you know, I've, I've looked on a, a little bit on the Shudder channel and people seem to like it. There's some really nice comments and it seems to have worked. They've done a really good job with getting all the press together. I've got to say, like, you know, it took 16 years to get a film off the ground. And I have been pretty much trying to get one of my mental ideas into the world for that entire period of time. 
Um, and, you know, the, it's, it's very difficult to get unusual films made or yeah. find people to work with, you know, like, and uh, Shudder coming into the scene is a bit of a, a breath of fresh air, I think. So I'm quite excited to see what they do in the future. And um, I know a couple of other filmmakers that are doing stuff with them that probably wouldn't get made otherwise. And like, mm. oh, that, that's pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it, it did feel like that was the right home for the film. Which is weird because, you know, previously it would have been festivals, theatrical, DVD or whatever. Mm. But, I think, but I think online and particularly with the platform like Shudder, which is like trying to do like that sort of higher end genre cinema, you're like, there's an audience there and they're building that audience, you know, and it's quite a smart audience too, by all accounts. So let's see, let's see. I think I do, I do think the future of genre cinema is in pretty, it's in better shape than it was. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, try, you know, it's, it's really, it's really tough to get unusual films made if you're going to sort of state bodies or what have you because they'll take one look at your film and go why has it got like a weird meat carpet in it <laughs> who's gonna like that <laughs> you know, or like you know i've heard stuff like people say um oh, your film's got an anti-hero in it no one's gonna like them you're like did you miss the 70s i don't i don't know i don't know I don't, yeah i'm writing a film about nuns at the moment I'm writing a film about nuns, and i've got a film about a man who gets turned into a dog <laughs> so just... <laughs> let's, let's hey, I, I, I can't wait to see those. You know what I mean? Because I, I think this is a good calling card, right? Yeah. I, I think yeah. it, it, I let, it, it shows a lot of potential and, and, you know, what could come in the future. So... Yeah, yeah I think that's, that, that feels like a good read to me. Yeah. yeah. And how can people follow you, man, and keep track of what's gonna, what could be next? Uh, I, I thought, I mean, weirdly, because I read stuff about hating social media i also uh have social media uh but um that's why i don't know it affects us all the i've got i've got an instagram account i think it's i think it's arm and i arm and i films like arm and i films um there or uh yeah i don't know how else i try not to use facebook anymore it feels like the devil's work uh, but i don't know i don't know i'll give you my address <laughs> <laughs> All well, his old phones, call me up. Hey, you film shit. <laughs> Get lost. Locked. So, I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, Sam, I'm going to... I've got something else. I've got another interview, man. So I'm going to have to go. But, hey, I would have loved to talk to you more. But, Sam, when you're ready for the next one, come by and we'll have a longer conversation, okay? Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Hey, and if you want casting for the next one, hit me up, son. Yeah. I reckon you'd be good. I'll have a think. I'll have a think. <laughs> nice one, Kevin. Good stuff, mate. Hey, good luck with the film, man. <laughs> I hope people appreciate what you've done. Yeah, let's see this. All right, man. Take it easy. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Okay, so there you go, man. I I would have loved more time with Sam, right? Clocks went forward or back or whatever. It kind of scrambled a lot of stuff. But hey, hopefully Sam will come back and we can talk about you know, the new things he's got planning. But regardless of that, people, I think 
that was interesting, right? And hey, if you get an opportunity, definitely check out the seed. You know what I mean? So yeah, there you go with that. Now, as I said, it's a two-parter, so hey, don't go anywhere. I'll see you in part two, people. Peace.